Hey, welcome to Life in the Leadership Lane. I'm your host, Bruce Waller, where I get to talk to leaders that are making a difference in the workplace and in our community. What did they do to get started and what are they doing to stay there? And oh my goodness, are you in for a treat today? Because I have another special leader on the show. Today, we're getting to talk to Terry Stalkup. Terry, well, she's a global talent acquisition leader. She's also a former Dallas HR president. We're going to be talking about that. Terry, I'm so excited to have you on the show. How are you doing? I am doing great, Bruce, and it was wonderful to get a chance to be on this with you. It's been uh, great to see your podcast. It's been great to see the books and all the great things that you're doing. Thank you. I, you know, I uh, always like to start the show off with how I met my guests or, or how they came into my path if I hadn't actually met them yet. And for you, Terry, I want to see if you remember this. I remember the moment. It was in uh, 2005, and I had just started attending Dallas HR luncheons. And I had just, I had just uh, filed my application to be a member for the organization. I was sitting at your table, and I remember you looked over me and looked over at me and you said, Hey, it's, you know, I'm Terry. And, you know, and I said, you know, my name's Bruce. And she said, Hey, I see you're a member. Are you on a, on a committee? Are you volunteering? And you had this, I can like, I can see it. You had this hat on. It was like, um, uh, uh, you know, a theme of, uh, it, you know, you had your flag on it. You were head of the government affairs at that time for Dallas HR, and and I think I think you're recruiting volunteers that day. But anyway, you said, "Hey, are you on a committee?" And I said, "No, I, I, I'm not. I just joined the organization." And you said, "Well, do you want to be on the committee?" And I said, "Well, what committee is this?" And you said, "What's well, the Government Affairs Committee?" And I said, "Absolutely." <laughs> and then I remember I turned next to the person next to me and I said, "What's Government Affairs?" <laughs> and the rest is, "Do you remember that luncheon?" I do. I do because. I remember at first you were like, this lady's recruiting me for something I can tell you were leery. Um, but what I loved about that is you jumped in with both feet and mm. you have just done amazing things from that day forward. You've been just one of the best volunteers, best leaders, uh, you know, obviously served Dallas HR and continue to. But it was funny because you came with a servant's heart and you did it that but you you were get you were so willing and so game and that was wonderful i love that organization i tell people all the time what what uh, for me it was a growth um a growth opportunity for me because i got to be around leaders like yourself i got to see how how what good volunteer leadership looked like uh and what what not good looked like and but you were you were consistent you were passionate but that's what i loved about volunteering with you you led the government affairs committee we were responsible for putting on putting on the employment law conference and i couldn't believe it we had there were probably 150 people it's uh, at that time it's changed up quite a bit since then we've done round tables of different things but at that particular time we set up like uh, we planned our whole year for that one employee law conference and it was a phenomenal conference wasn't it it was, it was, we had some phenomenal, you know, again, I think that organization attracts such quality people and it, some of the volunteers and, and leaders in the community and in law firms and different things are so willing to come talk and share their knowledge. And I think that was amazing. I loved it. I, I, I am better for it. And I always tell people, you know, they're like, Hey, how'd you get involved? And your name always comes up because you were the person that said, Hey, and I think that's what it's all about. It's like people want to get involved. 
-hmm. in different organizations or even in the workplace. Mm -hmm. They want to, but they just don't know how. And sometimes it takes good leadership to come and ask, hey, would you like to do this? Would you agree with that? I agree. And it's funny because sometimes people are shy to put their name in the hat and it takes someone reaching out to them. And again, not being shy to help people who are shy or who are just learning or are trying to navigate into something new. Um, that, you know, your book is all about changing lanes and navigating something new sometimes is having that helping hand to help you to navigate that change or to do something different or outside your comfort zone. Yeah, I got to tell you that uh, that was the start of my journey with Dallas HR eight years later, got to serve as president. And then, of course, today ter- serving Texas Sherm. And so, so thankful for people like you and, and others that have like helped me navigate along the way it's been so much fun and and that's why i'm excited to have you on i I want to i want i want people to know who you are and i want to hear your story there's probably some things that i don't know about you terry and i would love to kind of kick off the show to share the terry stalk up story like where in the world did you grow up and how in the world did you get into talent acquisition and, and leadership well, and that's a good question. So I grew <laughs> up in the Carrollton area here mm. in the Metroplex, mm. and um, I was raised by um, two only children. My mom and dad were both only children, and I was an only child, mm. and they were both entrepreneurs. So I learned early on about responsibility, accountability, mm. and leadership, mm. and I learned that from my parents. I also had to be a little bit of a grown-up because I was around adults a lot being an only child. Um, gave me a lot of learning opportunities, though, and I would say that that really helped shape and inform what I thought about people in leadership. And early on, you know, learning from my mom and dad about good leadership and, and things that aren't so good, um, good communication, good style, supportive. Um, and one of the biggest lessons I've always learned from them was giving back and making sure that you serve others. Success doesn't come. Um, success is not um, about you and about I. Um, no one becomes successful without help, without help from other people. And so you always have to give back and making sure that you're helping others because that's when you truly become successful. So you uh, went to school in Carrollton? Was that Newman Smith? No, I Smith? went to Newman Smith High School in Carrollton. Okay. Um, I went to SMU for college, so oh. I stayed local. Originally thought I wanted to get into law school and go that route. But, you know, it was my early banking career that I got a chance to um, wear multiple hats. I'm very thankful to the president and vice president of that bank because they were some early mentors for me. They let me change positions and learn about different aspects inside the organization. And when I got into HR, that is what I realized I really liked HR. And that is started my HR journey. That's fantastic. You know, whenever I met you, it seems like at the time you had your own firm. How did you get from the bank to having your own firm? Because that's that's a lot of lane changes there. It is. And so one of the things my mom and dad taught me early on is that no matter what position you are in a company, you need to understand the company. And then when I got into HR, I think that became even more important in HR to really serve um, to serve the customer, um, which is your internal customer, and to mm. really make the business successful, you have to also understand the business. You know, one of the things in my journey that you probably didn't know about me is not only did I do HR, but I also did some operations leadership positions. Um, my dad was an entrepreneur and he'd been in the restaurant, hospitality, and, and stuff business. 
um, and um, owned some of his own businesses. I got a chance to not only in his businesses, but some others be in operations, um, worked my way up into leadership into some other companies, um, then jumped back into HR and um, went to work for a staffing firm um, that was specialized in banking. Um, mm. So then I kind of got back in my comfort zone with banking, but with uh, staffing. And then got back into HR that way. And when I decided to go out on my own, um, obviously um, watching my parents all those years being entrepreneurs, I, I really wanted to do um, HR consulting and staffing and really deliver good services to companies and help them develop and grow their people and, and do all the right things. Um, and that's what made me start Ultimate Consulting and go on that journey. Yeah, I remember that time. That was a that was a great time. I got to watch you lead during that time. You know, you said a, a couple of things here, and I, I want to just kind of hit on. And I gave you some questions to kind of think about. But as I said, we're going to just see where this takes us because you said the um, it's important to understand the business. And I remember when I was taking my HR certification, I remember uh, the facilitator Barbara Hoover. Mm -hmm. And she said, the very first thing she said, you got to know the business. And I was like, yes, I mean, isn't that like, that's like, everybody knows that, right? But here's what I've learned in during my careers. A lot of people, they don't know like how to do that. I mean, I talked to different people in the organization about different things that are happening. They're like, oh, really? And so what are your thoughts around how do people like, how do they get to, know the business more what are some tips that you would give for i don't know someone working in customer service or accounting you know they they're they're processing transactions talking to the external customers as well as some of the internal customers employees but how how can they better understand the business if they want to if they want to really let's say accelerate their career and and that's such a great question and so it really goes back to understanding and getting, spending time, getting to know what other functions in an organization do. You know, that's where us as leaders inside companies and HR could do good onboarding and making sure that we're doing good career pathing and good information internally about, you know, how your career can go in different paths and what's expected. You know, what competencies are expected in different roles? And so as an individual investigating, you know, where working with their manager to understand where they are in their role today and what other opportunities are and then talking to people to see what it is they do. Because I can tell you that, you know, getting a chance to wear those multiple hats um, mm -hmm. in banking is what helped me find HR. But, you know, as I tried to learn the business, as I've switched companies um, over a period of time and gotten a chance to go into different industries, you really do have to spend time with the people in the different roles to understand what it is they do. Suzanne Myers once shared with me, she said it's the easy, hard stuff. Right. We're all busy in our jobs. It's it's really easy to do, but it's so hard because we're working in the business. Right. And mm -hmm. and I had a leader once tell me the importance of working on the business over working in the business. And, you know, I, I, I love what you're saying, though. I think the, the key is, first of all, you have to have that desire. Right. You have to, sure. want you have, to have that burning that. desire to learn more, grow and develop. And then you have to have the initiative. And I think that's real important. The initiative mm. Because people always say, oh, well, a company can offer you training. They can do career pathing. They do those. But if you don't have the initiative yeah. to go out there and do some things, your development really is your own. Yeah. And so taking that initiative. And so part of that is kind of like you, you stepped out of, 
what you did every day and went to Dallas HR, joined, became a member, volunteered, part of it inside of a company. If you're getting wanting to really learn more about what different functions do, um, volunteer, even volunteering to work on other projects um, in other departments to really help. And that sometimes means going above and beyond the normal work day that you have and the normal things that you're doing in the scope of your role. And if you're willing to do that, you can learn some other things. I think that's a great point because a lot of times, you know, we, we're, we're creating more work, right? We're Because it's going to take time to do that. But in the long run, you're going to connect with some great people. You're going to get mm-hmm. to uh, learn so much more. You're going to grow so much more. And then in return, you're going to start adding more value and, 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 and people, business mm-hmm. leaders will just value that. They're like, Hey, let's move this person over here. They're really adding value to the organization. I, I wanted to hit on that because I think there's a lot of people listening that they, they, they're trying to figure out, you know, Hey, am I in my lane? Do I need to switch lanes? If, you know, sometimes we're in our lane and we don't necessarily need to change lanes. We just need to learn more about the business, maybe connect with some different people and, and that might accelerate our career as well. Right. Absolutely. And there's some other, for instance, um, you know, volunteering, not only inside the company, but maybe some of the people from the company also have other volunteer. There's other volunteer things, maybe in the industry, serving the community, yeah. um, other things that people get involved in. Then they get a chance to build a camaraderie with more people in their organization. And they start learning more from those people what those people do as well. So sometimes looking for other opportunities, you know, not only in your community and your company and different things helps teach you, um, you know, like if you if you are in a logistics business and you want to learn more about logistics, is there some volunteer things in logistics or some organizations that you can join where you can learn from others? And mm. it's not always in your company. It can also be from somewhere else. You could join an association um, that would then offer educational learning, um, you, a chance to meet with people in all different aspects of the business. And those things are real important too. So looking around to see what other avenues there are to help you to continue to grow and learn about either your industry or different roles and, and those kind of things. That's such a great point. I love that. Look for areas, uh, different uh, industries or different areas that you can volunteer uh, to learn more about the, you know, your organization or even the industry. I love that. Hey, I want to, I, I do like to ask my guests about that moment. Like you have, like you have been on this incredible career path. You've been, uh, you know, serving as global talent acquisition leadership. You've done some amazing things. Was there a moment when you found your lane, when you found your calling? Because I mean, you've, you've, you've led your own business. You've worked for large organizations Share that moment or those moments when you said, ah, I love what I do. And I'm glad that you said that. I'll, I'll take a step back for a minute. I've had some great opportunities, but of course, I'm, I, I learned from my parents not to be shy to volunteer and jump into something, even if you don't know how to do it, because you can always learn um, mm-hmm. if you have some good mentors and some good leaders um, and if you'll take the initiative. But I would tell you that when it really sank in that I had made the right career choice for me was... Um, I volunteer and and help start a program called Career Care, which is a job seeker um, program at St. Andrew United Methodist Church. I was one of the volunteer leaders that helped start that back in 2001. The bottom fell out of the market here. A lot of telecom people were impacted. Our church just happened to have a lot of people in attendance that got impacted by that. So there was a group of us volunteers that got together to start that job seeker program. For the first time, 
I realized that, you know, remember earlier on, I said something about you're not really successful until you help someone else. Mm. For the first time, I realized I absolutely loved what I do when I was able to really help other people because of my knowledge, experience and contacts. Then I realized Mm. I love what I do and I can really make an impact. And my impact at that time wasn't on a business or a company. It was helping those individuals get back to employment so that they could feel good about themselves and take care of their families. That's when I knew that HR really was where I wanted to be and that my knowledge, expertise, and what I had worked for was where I really needed to be and continue to do that. I love that. Oh my gosh. So you're not really successful until you help others. That's right. I love that. That is fantastic. One of the common threads I also have learned over the years is that high performers, they just have people in their life that help them, right? You just talked about successful people help others. Who are maybe some of the people that helped you get to where you are on your journey? Um, I can tell you the president and vice president that I worked for at the bank were extremely supportive of me, letting me wear those multiple hats and try different positions in the bank and giving Mm me um, probably roles that were probably bigger than me that I wasn't really experienced for, but giving me the opportunity, knowing that probably I bit off more than I could chew, but (laughs) I worked real hard to make it work because I did. And because of that, I learned a lot. They were great mentors and always gave me opportunities. Um, I would say I also had, um, and I've had, i Throughout my career, I continue to have some, so probably more numerous than I can name. But early in my career, I'd say that the other person was um, a gentleman by the name of Tony Menzi. He was the general manager of Dillard's, and he later became um, the the third highest person in the Dillard's Corporation. Mm. Um, And I got a chance to to work under him and be mentored by him. And because he saw that fire and that excitement and that learning that Mm. I wanted, he kept giving me new opportunities. And so I started out, um, this is when I was in high school, I started out in the credit department. Um, I actually became auditor of the store and you normally have to have a degree to do that. I hadn't even graduated high school yet. He gave me a chance to be in management and do some management things as well. And, you know, he just kept giving me new opportunities. And I would say that you know, he gave me a lot of good um, mentorship um, about leadership and and the style and how you treat people and how you um, give people opportunity. And um, so I would say that, you know, um, between the bank president, vice president and Tony Menzi, that was, and of course, my mom and dad, they were Mm. my early mentors and my Mm. whole lifelong mentors. Um, Because if there was anything I couldn't solve, I could always go talk to my mom and dad. And it's funny that they always had good life lessons and good work lessons for me. But then throughout my career, I would say that Dallas HR was also very influential being Mm -hmm. part of a leadership, um, volunteer leadership organization and having lots of good leaders around you. Um, And like you said earlier, good and not so good. You Mm -hmm. learn a lot that way. But I had a lot of people that um, I would say that it's mentorship, but it's also building your network. I think Mm. it's important as you embark on your career in life that you build your, we have a personal network of people that are friends and and family, but you also need to have that professional network of people that you Mm. can go to. Like when you're in a situation and you don't really know how to handle it, you can't always ask somebody at your company how to do it. You need to have that professional network that you can reach out to and say, I need some help. And I, I would say that I had a whole Dallas HR full of that. <laughs> um, and it was wonderful because you had people that were a lot more experienced than you. 
um, that helped you. I had a gentleman who, when I started my consulting firm, he had had a consulting firm for years. He uh, was my mentor, Sandy Simpson, um, and I could go to him for help and ask him how to do things or what to do or how to handle something. But, you know, again, it was building your professional network. I learned early on to build that so that I had people to go to that knew more than me. And so I tried to surround myself with people that were um, strong, solid, positive, um, encouraging and knowledgeable. You know, because I always wanted to make sure I developed people underneath me or around me, but I surrounded myself with people that I felt that helped me do the same. Yeah, networking is so important. I, I love yeah. that. I love how you talk about people, you know, that helped you get to where you are, the president and vice president of the bank. Of course, Tony Menzies sounds like he's amazing. Of course, your your parents, that's important. And of course, Dallas HR. Hey, I want to ask you, you, you mentioned something that I, I want to touch on for a second because I was at the Sherm National Conference and I recently heard them talking about the importance of, it was around uh, education yes. and it was, a, it was around, should, do you need to have a degree or not having a degree to do the job? I, I'm curious, you, you, you've been a global talent acquisition leader. Are you seeing this changing uh, where, you know, your, you know, candidates are applying for the job. Are you seeing that the requirements changing at all? If the job doesn't require that degree, not having that degree on there, or, or have you really not seen any change? I'm just curious where that, where that's going. You know, it's very interesting. And I see different companies handle it different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, I see some that are very, still very adamant about having that. Yeah. Um, and they put it in all their requirements and they really turn people down that don't. They use it as a weed out criteria. But then I see others um, that will utilize the experience versus the the um, the degree. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, I think, you know, obviously it's a, a decision that companies choose to make. But I think that if you look at at the end of the day, a degree is a great thing. And it, and it shows that people have the per perseverance and the stick to itness. To, to complete it. Right. And, mm -hmm. and that, that structure, and that's okay. And that's all well and good, but are there people who are extremely successful because they have some good solid experience and, and um, they didn't have a degree for whatever reason, they didn't get to do that. Um, yes. I see people every day and I can tell you at Neovia as an example, you know, although we did hire people with degrees, we did hire people that had the equivalent in experience mm. and we had some great leaders and people who ran our sites and ran our businesses, um, and made great outstanding leaders and they didn't have a degree, but they had the experience. So they, they put in the work mm. and I think that's important. And I think that well, over time, you know, I think that, um, you know, some people are just really hard set against it, you know, having not having that degree. Um, but I think they're limiting themselves at times um, with people who maybe have built their careers and really show that they've had the experience and putting in the work, putting in the work is mm -hmm. important. They've taken the initiative, the drive, that burning energy. You know, you can train someone to do just about anything if they have the burning desire. If they don't have the burning desire, then it doesn't matter if they have a degree, you might not be able to get them to do what you need. You know, that's a, a decision that many companies tend to make one way or the other. I've certainly been open because I've certainly seen a lot of people who have that burning desire and have proven it through their work experience. My uh, mother's brother, my uncle Walter, he would always say he was a football coach. Mm -hmm. And he will always say, I can issue your, your, your equipment, your, your shoulder pads, your 
jerseys, your cleats, but I cannot issue desire. And uh, you, you, you have to have that desire to want to do go, you know, do the, put in the work, right. And, and go where you need to go. Hey, let's talk leadership here. Uh, I always like to ask my guests, you know, cause leadership, it just comes in all shapes and sizes. It's just defined in so many different ways. If someone says, Hey, Terry, what is leadership to you? How, how would you respond to that? You know, again, so I, rem I think leadership is uh, remembering that however you got there, that you didn't get there by yourself. So it's mm. not about you. Mm. I think a lot of it has to do with um, other people and making sure that you surround your people yourself with good people and that you uh, support those people. I think that a good leader, they're going to really build a good team. They're going to show integrity, mm. empathy, and gratitude. Um, they're going to make sure that they, that some of the competencies that are so important is to make sure that they communicate well, they set clear goals for their team, um, and that they, they really do and be what they say. When you talk about leadership, you know, Stephen Covey has in, in, I think it's in the second chapter of his seven habits of highly effective people, but your leadership brand, mm. really, what is your leadership brand? And do you actually do, do and exhibit what you want people to, to see you as. And so you have to, you know, I think a, a good solid leader is someone who um, really um, has integrity and that they do and be and say exactly um, and live it. They walk their talk. And so I think those things are important, but I do think it's uh, no one gets to leadership by themselves. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, making sure that you, um, you know, you continue to build people around you and, you know, not be afraid. I had someone ask me one day, I'm, I'm thinking about hiring this person. This person has a whole lot more experience than me. Do you think I should hire this person? And I said, absolutely. Mm. You know, surrounding yourself by good people. Um, a leader doesn't know everything. And, and, and um, uh, surrounding yourself by good people, you learn from your people as well as they learn from you. And nobody knows everything. And if they do, I need to meet that person. <laughs> I love that. Surround yourself by great people. I would say if if that's probably one of the pieces of advice that's helped me uh in during my career, probably the most. There's been several different things, but one of those key pieces is be surrounded by great people. When mm -hmm. I took the job at um my company 19 years ago, that's one of the things I was looking at was who am I reporting to? Is this a great leader? Is this someone that has, you know, is he a values driven leader? Does he align with what my, you know, what I'm aligned with? And and I think that's important, but you, you said something that I want to touch on here because this is, uh, this is really being talked about. And, and a lot of people talk about their personal brand, but you said leadership brand, mm -hmm. they need to have a good leadership brand. I would love for you to expand on that. How do you know, like someone they're going, let's say someone's going to work for a company, how do they know that that leader is has a good leadership brand? Maybe it's something in the research. Maybe it's something on the LinkedIn. What do you? What do you? What tips would you give for people that are listening to say, "Hey, I want to make sure number one, um, I understand the leadership brand, and maybe even I want to have a good leadership brand too." Mm -hmm. Some tips. So first of all, you know, if that person um, interviews with that leader getting to know that leader and what their leadership style is and um, asking them how they, how they know that they're hiring the right person and how they develop their people and listening to um, if it's all about them as a leader 
or mm. if they really value some of the principles of, you know, a good team environment, right? So listening to somebody when, when you're interviewing is really important and asking them questions about their style and, you know, how they motivate people and, you know, how they've been successful at the company and hearing if it's all about them or if it's about others, because we mm. all know that you don't get there by yourself, right? Mm. And so I think that's important, but your leadership brand, your leadership brand is so important. And for people to know if the leader they're gonna go to work for has a good brand, um, this is where networking comes into play. Somebody talking to people, and I think I always tell people this, if you're gonna go to work for a leader, ask if you can talk to people on their team. Can you interview with people on their team so that you get a perspective from some of their team members? Or if you're networking, if you know someone who used to work for that person, um, because then that's going to let you know, did mm. that, does that person truly have integrity? Does that person really walk their talk? Are they really who they say they are? So when I'm helping leaders in our, in, in, in my company or, or in, in the past at other companies, you know, build their leadership brand, I tell them, who do you want people to know you are and what do you want to mm. stand for? Do you want to stand for integrity? Do you want to have good communication? Do you want them to know that you're supportive of them? You know, when you go out and hit the floor and start walking around and talking to people, um, do you really talk to them and get to know them? Do you know your employees? Do you know about them and them personally? Um, do you sometimes forget someone's name because you're not really getting to know your people? You know, are you connected to them? Do you understand, you know, um, what type of makeup that your mixed team mix is? Do you know the strengths and weaknesses and how you can help each person? You know, you know, if you get to know your team and you really be the leader that they need you to be mm. um, and you exhibit all those things and you continue to walk that talk, that's what helps make you a good leader and that helps build your brand. But you have to decide what kind of leader you are. Hey, let me ask you this. As you were, you know, think, going back to when you were recruiting high performers, what was a, I don't know, what was a two or three things that you would spot they would say, you know what, we got to have that person. We've got to have them. That's going to be an easy, I'll say an easy sale, right? To the business unit leader or whoever's mm -hmm. hiring. What give me a couple of tips because there's probably some people listening going, you know, I need to, I need to um, you know, elevate in, in a couple of different areas. What are two or three things or signs that you saw that, hey, this is someone we 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 want to have that's going to add value? energy, their energy. Mm. It is so important when you're, you know, if you want to come across good to people, they have to be able to feel your energy. And if you have that energy and that excitement and enthusiasm about you, people want you to be on their team mm. because they're like, I would want to work with and be around that person every day. That person exudes high energy, that person um, excitement, that person has that go get it attitude. Cause we're all going to, at some point in time, get in the trenches and have some challenging things that we have to overcome as an individual or a team. And you want to be in the trenches with people who are all going to be um, together as a team and be willing to work together with you and have that energy to go get it. And so energy sticks out, number one, as you know, you get that really energetic person, that that real enthusiastic, um, you know, I can achieve anything attitude. Um, it just sticks out above others sometimes. So sometimes it can boil down to you can. And I've done this many times where you interview and you narrow it down to like three people. They all three have very similar experience, but one's going to stand out more than the others. And a lot of times it's really their energy, their drive, their perception of things. And when you ask people, you know, what are things that, that drive you? It's interesting how 
those people and their answers and how they come across more energetic, enthusiastic, and how nothing seems to really be a problem um, comes across better than others. So I'd say energy and enthusiasm are number one. Um, I would say that knowing why they want to be, um, you know, people sometimes will say, and you asked me this earlier on, how did you know that HR was your fit, right? Mm -hmm. You know, how do I know that this is where I wanted to be? When you're, when people are interviewing and they're going to pick pick someone and you ask them, you know, why did you choose this career? Why did you, why are you interested in our job? It can't be just because they need a job, you know, (laughs) why is it, it, the, the people who come across the most, um, authentic and genuine. So enthusiasm and being genuine and really coming across genuine as to why you're really interested in something and, you know, what it is that really interested you. You know, sometimes it's that, hey, I love that you're a, a big company and I wanted to be in a big company and I like that you've done this, this and this. You're you're on a merger acquisition track and a growth track. I want to be with a high growth company or, you know, something genuine. What is it genuine that you are really interested mm. in? You know, maybe it's a leader. There was a person there that that you knew and you you uh, really like that person. And you've seen that person grow in their career and you want to be like that person. So you wanted to try to follow follow them in their career. So, you know, it just depends being genuine. Um, so enthusiasm, energy and um, being genuine. And then what else sticks out is you start out in, in the beginning with the end in mind. You know, sometimes people will say, hey, you know, I look at your resume and you've been all over the board. There's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes, you know, you didn't get a chance to ask them the right question. Um, I like to start at people's resumes at the bottom and work my way up. Mm. And the reason I do that is people's journey. You know, people change lanes a lot, which is what your 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 leadership lane is all about. But people people do that sometimes so that they can learn different things and build a foundation of knowledge. So to help them move to the next thing. So without really asking them why they made some of those changes, then you don't really learn about what their journey is all about and why they'll be a good person. Sometimes person has been in a lot of different things, but when I asked them that question, then they explained to me their journey and why they purposely did some things to learn some different things. It made a lot of sense. And to me, they put some thought into what they did and why they did it, even though on paper, it didn't look look that way Mm. to me. Um, I think that was, you know, so starting out the, um, you know, in the beginning with the end in mind, you know, where's the journey you're trying to get and why did they do some different things to get there? You know, what did they learn? Such great tips. I love the energy, enthusiasm. Oh my goodness. Knowing your why, uh, beginning Mm -hmm. with the end in mind. That's also, you've got great energy, Terry. I mean, I'm just sitting here. You're like so passionate about this. I love that. It it actually, I wrote down a couple of more things because I want to just ask these questions as you, because I I hadn't heard that before you start from the bottom and go up. I love that. Um, Does time amount spent in a job matter anymore? Because, you know, when I, when I was growing up back in the day, when I was entering the workforce, everybody said, hey, you need to work for so many years before you change jobs. So people know that, you know, that that, that you're going to stay somewhere for a while. But today, that 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 number is much smaller uh, for someone staying it in is. a job. Does that matter? You know, and and if they're just. I would say in most cases, I know that people sometimes still look at that and they will look at someone's resume and maybe disregard it before they ever talk to them. I encourage people still talk to them because Mm -hmm. I don't think that people always, sometimes at a company, they can't move up Mm -hmm. without moving on. And so for them to try to stay there three or four years and not get a chance to really move up, 
um, all they're doing is stalling their career. So you see someone stay somewhere a year and then they move on. There's nothing wrong with that. They're trying to build their career, right? And so I think that it's changed a lot. You see people moving around more frequently, especially our um, uh, younger generations. Uh, they're wanting to learn and grow and they're wanting to learn and grow mm -hmm. quickly. And so they're looking for those quick opportunities to, to learn something and get to the next step. And that isn't always available in some companies. I think as companies, we still haven't developed all the career paths and steps to help people get, get those learning opportunities that they're looking for. I think that's something, you know, with the other generations, we're going to have to really look at. And as I've worked at different companies, we start trying to put in different stair steps to help them to do that. Um, otherwise, you're going to lose them. And I think that's key. People need to not always, you know, just look at something on paper and take it at face value without asking the question. Um, and especially of the younger generation, they want to learn. And if they're not learning and growing and being challenged, they're going to move on. This is so good. I love this so much. Hey, I want to ask you, you talked about drive, um, you know, what drives uh, leadership. We're talking about leadership brand. What drives you as a leader? So I love being able to make an impact. Mm -hmm. I love to see people grow and develop. I love to see, and you know, that's one of the reasons I had my company for so long. I had my company 10 years, but then I stepped back in corporate. And the reason that I did that is because I really like to see, you know, um, as a consultant, I got a chance to do a lot of projects and you get a chance to do pieces of the work. But when you work inside of a company, you get a chance to see things and how they really ebb and flow and change. And you see from A to Z. So you see the full impact. And so I love being able to see the change mm. just taking place. I love to see people grow and develop. And I really love to uh, really make a solid, positive business impact. So I love challenges. I love to build and grow and solve things. And I love to see people grow. And so uh, that's what challenges me. And that's what excites me every day. I love that. It goes along with what you talked about earlier. It says you're not really successful until you're helping others. And that really drives you. And I, I love all this has been so much fun. I could like, I could talk to you for hours on <laughs> Terry. I love that. Hey, I, I do have one last question. You've given some great advice today, but I do like to ask leaders if they've ever been given any advice. It was so good. They just find themselves sharing with others. I've been given a lot of advice over the years, you know, certainly from all my mentors and things, but I think, um, I think it also goes back to your brand, whether you're a leader or whether you're not a leader, being who you are and being comfortable who you are and knowing mm. where you want to go, being authentic, mm. being genuine, being who you are, I think is really important, you know, cause I think that, um, I had someone tell me that they went to work for this leader and this person they knew this person outside of work and then they went to work for this person and that person was different inside work mm. than they were outside work. And so um, that's a good example of uh, that person being different than who they really are. Right. Because personally and professionally, you're still the same person. So your brand personally and, and professionally, I think have to, to, to match. I think you have to be who you are. And I don't think that you're being genuine if, if you wear um, a different mask um, professionally than you are personally. So someone gave me that advice when I was um, um, early in my career is, you know, build your personal and professional brand and make sure they're genuine. And that will lead you and take you in the right direction. It will instill integrity, um, trust. Um, it will build respect. People will respect you because of that. And it will also earn you credibility. 
I love that. That's such great advice. I and that, and that's one thing I love about the podcast. I, you know, I get to hear all this advice that I've just like I grow from it myself. But I know there's some people listening right now that it it's it's going to help someone because they're like, I just need to be myself. This has been so good. I, hey, I want to shift to it's time to accelerate. I got a few questions, fun questions okay. I want to ask. Would you rather read a book or or or, or listen to an audible or or a podcast? Well, and I do both. Um, I still, I have a huge library in my house here. Um, so I can tell you that I do both, but I still have an affinity to books. I love books. Yeah. And so when you look in my house here, um, I have uh, bookcases and we run out of room for our books and we continue to uh, try to share those books with others. Um, but love reading. Yeah. Love, love reading. That. Love that. Hey, what are you grateful for? I'm grateful for family and I'm grateful for my health. Yeah. Um, I, I just, um, I think that the, um, surrounding yourself with good people, whether it's your family, friends, um, and having your health, um, is so important. So I'm grateful for that. And I'm just grateful for all the people that have been in my life that, um, continue to make my life great. Yeah, that's awesome. Great leaders are grateful leaders. I love that. Hey, um, I got a couple more questions. One of the questions I want to ask you talked about energy earlier. What energizes you? What energizes me? So I was talking about personal and 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 work, but at work, what energizes me is to to see people um, be happy about the success or something mm -hmm. they achieved, and um, seeing that there's an outcome we want to achieve and we know we can achieve it and we start putting the building blocks together. So it energizes me to see people coming together to do things, right? So that energizes me. Outside of work, personally, what energizes me um, is just having quality time with family and friends. Mm. Um, I think, um, you know, one of the things that, you know, you said uh, someone, you know, advice that someone gave you early on, the other thing that I would tell you that ties into that, that energizes me is you do have to have work-life balance. Someone would yeah. tell you that I'm a workaholic and I am, but I also love spending time with my family mm -hmm. and I do a lot of that as well. I think you have to have some type of work-life balance. I would say that sometimes I try to put more than 24 hours in a day and it's not really possible, but <laughs> you know, there's sometimes I probably push those limits, but I think that you have to work hard, play hard and enjoy life, right? Love and it. so that's what energizes me trying to trying to do both of those. Right. Because I like a, I like things going on professionally that energizes me and it tweaks my mind and gets my mind going. And I love keeping my mind working. Um, so that energizes me at work. And then at home, you know, just having that personal time um, with my family is so important. Yeah. So good. Love that. Hey, this is my last question. Uh, one of my funnest questions I like to ask Terry, 10 years older is around the corner. She's knocking at your door. And you get up to go answer that door. What's she going to say to you? You know, someone once told me just recently that that work-life balance is what someone's going to tell me about is to mm. make sure that I have that work-life balance. Um, and I, I, I thought maybe that person, you know, because I don't share a lot what I do personally, thought I didn't have work-life balance. And so I would say that um, 10 years from now, that person's going to say, um, make sure that you're happy with the things that you have done. And make yeah. sure that that both personally and professionally. Um, and so to, to make sure that you set personal and professional goals. Right. So we all set goals at work. So that 10 person, 10 years older is going to ask me, you know, and is going to tell me, did you set some goals for yourself? Did you achieve those goals? And are you going to be happy with how you lived your life, both personally and professionally? 
So think about what makes you happy, where you want to be 10 years from now, and make sure you set those goals and you work towards them personally and professionally. That's fantastic. I love that. This has been so inspiring. I appreciate you coming on the show and just sharing your, your wisdom and your perspective. Hey, if somebody heard something today, uh, mm -hmm. maybe they heard you talk about the leadership brand or some of the different work-life balance things you talked about. If they wanted to connect with you, what's the best way for them to connect? They can email, they can call me, they can reach out on LinkedIn. I'm more than happy to help anyone anytime. That's fantastic. I will put your link in the show notes. And if you want to reach out to Terry, uh, let her know you heard her on Life in the Leadership Lane and you guys connect. And I, I know that uh, you'll get great value of that. Terry, I appreciate you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, this has been inspirational and I, I'm glad we got to reconnect and I got to share this story about the time we really first met and what a, journey, what a journey it's been. And I, I appreciate your friendship so much. Well, and I, I have to say a kudo to you. I appreciate your friendship too, but I have to say a real kudo to you. I don't know if you remember this at the time, but when you joined HR and we, I talked to you into volunteering, I kind of volunteered you, but <laughs> right, you were, willing, you were a willing participant. So um, I don't know if you remember this or not, but the bylaws back then did not allow somebody who was not in an HR position to be president of an organization. Of, of Dallas HR. Do you remember that? I do remember that. So over a period of time, I think what happens is you have people who have such integrity and such quality, and they have such, um, uh, such a servant leadership heart, and they're giving back so much that that changed for the leadership at Dallas HR and how they looked at people who volunteered. And just because they were not in an HR role, they were still adding value. They were still giving back. You were a big part of how much you give back, what you do and how you serve um, were a big part of how we saw that change so that later you and others that were not in an HR position uh, could become a volunteer president leader at Dallas HR. So I have to say kudos to you because you set that good example and it's one that's hard to follow, but it's a good example. Um, you gave back a lot and you added so much value and continue to today. And so I don't know if you had remembered that, but that was a really important change for Dallas HR. And I think it's added a lot of different perspective for Dallas HR to have people with different backgrounds be leaders, but you helped make that change. And so kudos to you for that. Well, thank you. I appreciate you sharing that. I do remember that. I remember uh, hearing a lot of talk about uh, how that happened. And then of course I went and got my certification <laughs> after uh -huh. that. Uh, but during that time, yeah, that was, um, uh, that hadn't been done before. And so right. thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you for sharing that. I hadn't thought about that in a long time, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we've seen some great leadership since then and we'll continue to see great leadership. And so it's, it's uh, makes you proud to be uh, part of the organization. So Terry, I appreciate you so much. I cannot wait to share this episode. And so I'll catch up with you later. Sounds good. I've got one book, Leadership Driven HR to Deliver Value to the Business by David Weiss. I love that. I will put that in the show notes. We'll check okay. it out. All, All right. right. Thank I'll talk you to for you later. everything.